Joker here, welcome you to another edition of the Knife Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. And without any further ado, please let me welcome your host, Zachary Evergreen. <laughs> Love that Joker. Thanks, Eli, for booking the Joker once again. I love that. Welcome to the Knife Party Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Zach Evergreen. Find me at Zach Evergreen on almost any social media platform or Knife Party Pod. If Zach Evergreen runs out. Um, and as he said earlier... For just $1, you could join the Patreon, patreon.com slash knifepartypod, and that's where you get us ad-free and early, and all these specials. However, this is a special that normally would be a, a Patreon, but it's been sponsored. So you all must thank Miss Possum 666 on Instagram. She actually sponsored this episode, and what I mean by sponsored is maybe she didn't pay me monetarily, but she is being shadow band and i for you know if you listen to the show i hate that bullshit i've been shadow banned so many goddamn times i've been taken off of the tube that shall not be named i am in a thousand year war with apple apple can go fuck itself and i'll say this right now i will never do business with apple they can, they can go screw i don't like it when people take down pre- people's art because a it's political b and we don't even do politics on here, by the way. Like, when's a lot? Unless we're talking about like a political movie, but we don't do that shit. Like, this is where you come to have fun. I don't want you to. Anyway, I, I digress. But art, especially modeling or, or anything with like, you know, art in general, there's no such thing as you, you can't censor art. That's just bullshit. So she's a good girl. She's doing good things. She's nice looking. She does really good art. She does some really cool stuff. So all I'm saying is she sponsored this episode. Hopefully she spreads the word. I'm spreading the word about her. Shadow banning sucks. If you like something, share it. And that's what I'm doing today. More importantly today, we are talking about the 10 most greatest endings in film and cinema and don't worry because you think I'm going to troll you at first when I play this music but I'm not I swear to god this time they're all cinema all right let's get started first off number 10 remember last time I did a little bit of uh honorable mentions you YouTube kids don't like that I get it you want you don't like foreplay. You want it immediately. I'm listening. All right? I'm old school. I like foreplay. But we're just going to get right into it. All right. Number 10. V for Vendetta. Why is this a good ending? Well, this movie is very dramatic. It's got action. It's got character development. It's got everything you want in a movie. And the ending's fantastic. Um, we get to see what the roses actually represent. Um, we get to see, you know, what happens to Evie from start to finish. 
Obviously, her interrogation scene is super gripping. I don't, I don't know what else word to use, but we see her. We see her dehumanized. She has her head shaved. She's gonna get shot in the back and uh, behind like the water purification plan or whatever he says. Or I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it since last uh, November the fifth. No, sorry, the year before that. I always try to watch it on uh, November the 5th, but, you know, life happens, so. It's just one of those movies, though, like Groundhog Day or October the 1st, where I try to watch uh, Willy Wonka. There's certain movies you have to watch on certain days, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yes, uh, you see Evie evolve into this clumsy, stumbly reporter that almost gets raped by fingermen to becoming a leader of this... I wouldn't say anarchist group, but a group that actually wants the greater good. And uh, yeah, really awesome. Uh, the confrontation between V and the Chancellor at the end. No, officer, what you have is bullets. And when you run out of them, I have knives. Mr. Anderson. Love that scene. Great ending to a great movie. Not going to go on with it. It's one of those things you have to see can't really describe it that much it's just um you know there's an action scene there's a really good funeral scene i just like minutes ago finished wrath of khan for a review and i will tell you this it's very similar but this one's better also wrath of khan i will tell you this uh starship troopers has the same exact scene but it's better um I don't know why everyone loves this movie. I have a guest on coming on and, and he's going to talk it up. And I don't think it's a great movie, but that's just me. I don't know. Everyone's different. Hey, art, music, food, they're all, and wine, are all, uh, you know, up to the mind. You know, it's what one person likes. Maybe the other person's palate doesn't. Not a big Star Trek guy. Not a big Star Wars guy. Just, it's the wham. I don't know. Sorry. But I... But I will review a movie if someone gives me a recommendation. Definitely. And some movies I just think are, eh. Some movies I think I suck. I really think some movies suck. And you're going to hear some of those. But uh, did I, wait a minute, did I just mis misspeak and say some movies I suck? I, let's fucking move on. All right. Number nine. Old boy. And I ain't talking about that goddamn rhetoric that Spike Lee comes out with a Spike Lee joint. Um, first off, um, if you're going to make a film called a fucking film, if you're going to make a movie called a movie, if you're going to make a joint, go fuck yourself. Old Boy is a great movie made in South Korea, and it is awesome. It is a fantastic movie. I don't think it could be ever remade or topped, and that piece of shit remade that movie, and it sucks. Some people like it, you know who those people are? The people that never seen the original. I am able to watch that movie without subtitles in Korean and spell it out to you. I've seen that movie so many fucking times. My name, Zachary Evergreen, is not a name I chose. It was bestowed upon me because of my love for that movie. And I just stuck with it. And it wasn't recently. We're talking like 20 years ago when that movie fucking came out. I love it. 
And a lot of people gave me, or sorry, the person that donned that name on me was one of my old guitar players slash song, songwriters because I'm such a vindictive prick that if you wrong me, I will remember it for the rest of my life. And that's kind of what this movie's about. The ending is so fucking good because no one wins. Everyone loses. But there is a finalization. And the question asks, does Odaisu, does he not? Are they together? Are they family? Are they lovers? We don't know. The only thing we know is Evergreen's story is settled. And Odaisu smiles at the end. Great fucking movie. Great fucking ending. If you haven't seen the original Old Boy, I recommend you stop this. Actually, no. Listen to this podcast, rate it, review it, give a thumbs up and all that good shit. Then go watch it. The original Old Boy from South Korea is one of the best dramatic movies. I would say it's a drama, a character. No, I'd say it's a drama, action, revenge character assessment movie it's it's really good it, i've not seen one person that said that movie sucked i've even seen people go i don't like violent movies but i like that movie um yeah they're usually christian all right moving on <laughs> number eight the abyss the abyss is a fantastic movie um i did Tredge upon it on our last top 10 deaths. And uh, this scene, the ending scene actually comes uh, quite not too long after this. Um, Bud has to go and deactivate a nuclear bomb that's sent to the bottom of the ocean to kill the NTIs. Uh, they're aliens underwater, just, just to make it quick. If you've never seen this movie, by the way, the director's cut is different from the main one. If you watch the main movie, this ending is great. But if you watch the director's cut, this movie's fucking awesome, like at the end. Um, after he self-sacrifices himself by going the deepest levels that you can go to the point where he can't even have oxygen in his mask, he has to use this fluid that's kind of like embryonic fluid, um, what you're in in the womb. Because it doesn't cause any pressure, so that way he won't have what they call anoxia, and that's where your blood boils. He goes that deep to defuse a bomb. Now get this. He's got those little blue, uh, or sorry, uh, those green, like, cracky, cracky rave sticks to try to defuse a bomb. And guess what? They go, it's either white or blue or black and yellow. It's fucking green. You can't see shit. And so he's just like praying as he cuts every wire and your heart is like with him and you're in it and you're, oh my God. But then all of a sudden everything starts lifting up. The aliens come up with their ship. They stop their, their giant tidal wave destruction on everything. And they all come up and they come out of, uh, you know, they all come out of their, their, their sea craft and they're like, we should be dead. We didn't depressurize. What happened? And then they see Bud. And Bud comes up and they can't believe they see him and they're crying and they're hugging him because he <laughs> basically saved the world. And then you see, uh, you know, him and his estranged wife, they kind of hug and have some pleasantries and 
I don't know, man. I saw this movie when it came... I think this movie came out in 87. I remember watching it in 89. I was very young, too, by the way. Remember, I was born in 83, so... But this movie always hit me. Plus, I've always been obsessed with the ocean, like sharks and fucking the deep, giant sea monsters that live under there. So, you know, why can't aliens? It's a fucking great movie, and it's a fucking great ending. Um, James Cameron can do no wrong except for, you know, Avatar and Titanic and everything else. But when it comes to young James Cameron, he could do no wrong. <laughs> Anything before 1997, he's, he's fucking amazing. And then after that, he kind of uh, lost me. All right. So, number seven, The Abyss. Number six. Oops, sorry. There we go. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, it's not retro. And it definitely isn't sci-fi. But it is probably from my favorite director. And this is very unfortunate because of The Knife Party, we only talk about retro and horror and sci-fi. Because um, the only one actually doing it out there, at least in my standards, is Tarantino. I look forward to all his movies. All of his movies are works of art. Uh, if you didn't know this, Tarantino, for the last three movies he's been doing since Django, has handwritten every goddamn thing and posed it as a book. I actually got my wife, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the hardback that he actually wrote by hand. That is some crazy shit. That's some love to movies. He's got me beat. Is he going to be on the show? Eli. I get a book, Tarantino. He said, don't even ask that question. Don't even finish it. Um, love Tarantino. All of his movies are fantastic. A lot of people hate on certain things. Like, they'll go, oh, Jackie Brown sucks. You know what? Go fucking rewatch Jackie Brown. It's great. The only movie that Tarantino ever did that sucked, and I fucking am going to get some flack for this, and I don't give a shit. Woke motherfuckers, go sit on it and rotate. The fucking Kill Bill series is garbage. Sorry. It just is. It's terrible. It does not hold up. It really doesn't. Take all of his films. It just... No. Let's put it this way. If it was a dude holding a sword, no one would care. Moving on. Once Upon a Time Hollywood has one of the funniest lines ever is when he's smoking, uh, he, sorry, being the stunt double, um, who's played by Brad Pitt, is smoking a LSD lay cigarette, and the Manson family break in, he goes, are you guys even real? It's so hilarious, and then a flamethrower comes out, and the Manson family's killed, and oh man, the funniest thing about Tarantino films is he doesn't give a fuck, and I love that. It's not historic. It's not supposed to be. Um, this is a story I've never told on a podcast, and I've been doing podcasts for a very fucking long time. Me and my wife, this is back during the Obama administration, so this is uh, 2010, 2011, something like that. This sounds about right. Okay, um, I don't want to date myself here, but it was whenever... Inglorious Bastards came out, which, by the way, is my favorite movie by Tarantino, secondary only to Reservoir Dogs. 
I love all his movies, but those are my top two, all right? Just saying. Oh, Death Proof sucks balls, too. It, it just terrible. Um, anyway, but uh, when we went there, we went to the midnight showing because a person um, that was my manager at the time uh, loved movies as well. In fact, he used to work at Blockbuster, and when they went out of business, he, um, let's just say, acquired all their films that didn't go in the dumpster and all their VCRs. And uh, he was a film that kind of like me. Um, I'd say more so, but he was more into like artsy, fartsy bullshit instead of me who likes, you know, good shit. Not there's anything wrong with artsy, fartsy bullshit, but I'd rather see Robocop than Man Eat Dog. You know, I'd rather see uh, Old Boy than Tempopo. That's just me. Sorry. Maybe I'm not classy. Maybe I just like shit that's good. I don't. I don't want to read into movies. If a movie's good, a movie's great. If a if a movie's great, a movie's a film. It's not a joint. Anyway, um, we went and saw uh, as as pre mentioned. Um, oh, God damn it, Inglorious Bastards. That's what I was trying to say. Sorry, we went and saw Inglorious Bastards. It was a midnight showing, and we had for real fucking skinheads, and they walked out of the movie uh, during the Hitler kill scene and they were pissed. Now, remember, this is like two something in the morning because we went to the midnight showing. They were upset. It's like, dude, this is fucking movie. It's not. By the way, I mean, you know, skinheads terrify me because either it's a fight or flight situation with them because they always think I'm Jewish and that means I'm going to get my ass beat or happy. I, I digress. Um, but uh, love the ending of this movie. Um, but once a time, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best ending because it's just so funny and just the flamethrower scene. And then he sees Sharon Tate and, he, and uh, him being um, Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting there and he's got his big ass drink. And he's just like, hey, you doing all right? All right, cool, cool. Everything's cool. All right, cool. All right, I'm your neighbor, by the way. I just that scene is so funny and it all works out well for everybody. Um, I don't know. It's it's so fun and it's so good and it's just a great ending to a movie. I'm going to get a little dark. You like Stanley Krubeck? AI. A lot of people think it's uh, Steven Spielberg. It's not. Stanley Krubeck wrote that script. And he and Spielberg hot potatoed that script back and forth. And then when uh, Kubrick died, he goes, "My, you know, right before he died, he goes, this is my last rewrite. You got to do it. The ending in this movie is so goddamn sad and is one of my favorite movies. Um, movie endings. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Can I watch it every day? No. Can I watch it every year? No. It's just one of those movies. You see it and you're like, oh, shit. All right, I'm good. It's kind of like Eyes Wide Shut. There's a lot of Kubrick movies that are not every day, every month, or even every year watches. I mean, really, who watches a movie every day, though? I mean, I, I don't even. I probably watch three a week, which is probably more than the average American. Then again, you guys stream so much that you probably see more film than I do. I just like watching good shit. I don't like skipping an episode or having to binge through something. 
I just go, you know what? I want to watch this movie. I know what it's about, or I don't know what it's about. I've never seen this movie. Cool. I'm in for a 90-minute to uh, two-hour adventure. Boom, there we go. I'm not going to invest myself into a show that is promised to be good and sucks, especially with propaganda nowadays. For instance, my wife starts uh, just started watching that 90s show. Is it good? Didn't look good. I, I walked in and out of the bathroom back and forth while I was doing shit. It didn't look that good. It had red in it. And I'm like, I love that guy. But then I re- realized the reason why I love Red is because he's in fucking RoboCop. And guess what? That's a better movie than whatever she's watching because I actually did stick around for a good four or five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, this this is nothing. This is a nothing burger. Anyway, uh, AI. The ending of it is so sad. He gets his wish. <laughs> First off. So the kid is like not like Terminator robot, but he's like a pleasure bot. He's there to if you can have kids, this is a adoptable oh, adoptable robot that will appease your needs for having a child, but it doesn't grow old. It outlives his parents. Uh, goes on an adventure to find a green fairy, and it kind of gets a little ridiculous at certain points. He finds Gigolo Joe, who's awesome. Um, but uh, at the very end, he's stranded at the bottom of this kind of Disney World thing, and uh, he's looking for the green fairy to make him into a real boy. It's kind of like Pinocchio. And he's down there for like decades. And then aliens find him and take him up and they want to know his one wish and they analyze his AI program and it's to be with his his mother, who's not even his mother, the person that purchased him. They find a lock of her hair and they tell him, hey, you know, we could do this, but it's only going to last for one day. It's fucking sad. Great ending. Great fucking ending. If I ruined the movie for you, I didn't. That just means go watch it. Because it is a great movie, and that ending is so fucking good. Kubrick has got a lot of good ending in, uh, endings in movies. Um, Shining is great as well. Shining is one of the greatest movies of all time when it comes to scary, scary movies. But the ending of this is it beats out The Shining, even though the end of The Shining is great. If you've never seen The the the, the Good Shining, which is the Kubrick, even though that Stephen King says it's not a good movie because Stephen King's an idiot. Stephen King, okay, first off, if you get paid by the word, um, yeah, you would love Stephen King. If you actually like good shit, Stephen King sucks. A great movie should be within 90 minutes to maybe, and I'm saying fucking maybe, Maybe two hours. That that's a fucking hard maybe. I mean, you have to present to me a good fucking movie. That's why I don't watch this superhero bullshit with all the music sounds the same. And it's like, oh, and you see Wonder Woman with the shield, and it's like two and a half hours long, or any of this garbage with like fucking superheroes and all that shit. 
Fuck this. It's not even fucking movies. You're watching the same bullshit over again with a bunch of the same fucking backdrops just with another actor. And it's, uh, yeah, same fucking movie. Fuck it. It's none of it's none of it's good. If you think it's good, you haven't seen good movies. I always tell people, go watch Jaws and listen to Frank Zappa. Get cultured. There you go. I don't even like Steven Silberg, but fucking Jaws is amazing. Sorry, I digress. See, see what happens when I get attention? I, I apologize. I'm so sorry, guys. <sighs> and I was sponsoring a lady and everything else. Fight Club. God damn it. Fight Club is great. It just is. The ending's fine. Plays the Pixies. See all those towers go down? Good times. I mean, they set out what they needed to do. Narrator gets shot in the face. Marla comes back. It's a good fucking ending. Why am I not talking more about this? I don't know. Rosie O'Donnell gave away the ending when it came out. She's a piece of shit. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Number four. Dark City. Alex Proyas made a name for himself with the movie The Crow. It was a great fucking movie. Uh, for its time, it was revolutionary. Um, a lot of kids weren't allowed into it because a lot of parents thought that there was an actual real murder. They thought it was a real snuff film because of Brandon Lee's death on film. I was one of those kids, which really pisses me off, seeing how I was able to watch, I don't know, Evil Dead at the same time. But for whatever reason, the rumors of a real death that happens on film kept me from going to see it, which I don't know. If you fucking can pay your taxes, you should probably know they would not allow that shit in theaters. But then again, I grew up with Stupid fucking parents. That's why I take care of them now and not the other way around. That's why I don't have kids. I have to take care of my fucking parents. Let that marinate. Anyway. They also don't listen to the show or else they wouldn't... They'd be smart like you are. Have property and gold and silver and all that shit. And bullets. And wouldn't be Californians. Dark City is a great movie. It's um, mainly about a simulation, if you will, where if you mix human beings' consciousness and memories, can you invent like a perfect human being? And it's all done in the spade of a alien race that is going to die because they're trying to search for what they call the soul of the human being. These creatures are very insect-like, and they use our dead to facilitate their vessels. But they're always rotting. They're always dying. They're trying to figure it out. Keith, their Sutherland plays as the main psychologist, and um, he is trying to mix and match memories to create the most perfect memory. But on the slide, he's actually trying to infuse one of us, a human being, with these memories so that they, or sorry, he 
remember this is pre-woke, that he can actually control their machines that actually have their powers, which is telekinesis, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the shitty thing about this is our main character is um, plagued with amnesia. And the reason why is because his imprinting, which means his new memories didn't come through, and those new memories were supposed to be all the memories that were supposed to save the uh, quote-unquote Earth, or the city, rather, because there is no Earth. I mean, you see that later on. Um, after his final battle, and this movie is a watch. I'm not even going to get into it because it's a watch. But at the very end, when he actually has power, over the city and he can actually make sunrise for the first time in a long time it is very a powerful scene especially when you see his love um who is played by jennifer Connolly. and oh my god if you don't like jennifer Connolly, especially in this era you need to go look downstairs because something's wrong i keep getting these hymns ads i don't know why because i have no problem down there but apparently they think i do and i keep getting eggplant ads from this company called hymns they are not sponsoring me go fuck yourself you could sit on my eggplant all right if you're gonna keep sending me that shit why don't you send me some fucking money sorry i'm so hostile right now i just wrath wrath of Khan, and it wasn't that good next up oh i hit that with fervor mint you hear that shit Robocop, number three. Why is Robocop so good? Oh, God damn it. Can I mention the fucking ways Robocop is great? Robocop is one of the best movies of all time. It's actually in my top three. You guys know my top three. If you don't know it, you don't listen to the podcast. Robocop is fucking amazing. The ending is fucking amazing. Out of my three favorite movies, Robocop has the best. Because it's redemption. At the very end. After after the whole Clarence Boddicker thing. When he goes to the, the headquarters of OCP. He goes in there. And Dick Jones pulls a gun on him. Takes a hostage. And then when you hear. Dick, you're fired. And he goes, thank you. And he shoots Dick Jones like fucking full of fucking bullets. He falls out the window and he dies. And then the president of the company goes, nice shooting, kid. What's your name? And he turns around and he goes, Murphy. Credits. It's all you need. But if you really want to watch the whole scene, there's so much more going on with Ed 209 at the beginning of his march up with the, I had to kill Bob Morton because he made a mistake. Now it's time to grace that mistake. I had to kill Bob Morgan because he made a mistake. Now it's time to erase. All that shit makes... Dude, RoboCop is one of those things. It's a charcuterie board. You could just tell me it's meat and cheese. And I go, I love meat and cheese. But the way it's displayed makes it so fucking beautiful. I mean, if you're going to describe somebody RoboCop, it sounds like shit. What is it? Um, it's a dude that dies. He becomes a robot, but he's also a cop and he fights a bunch of guys that are dealing cocaine and they're corrupt and they have, you know, like ties in the police. All right. That seems like a series on Netflix. But then when you watch it, you're like, holy shit, this movie's fucking about Jesus. It is, by the way. 
social commentary. It is, by the way. Um, Americans' obsession with violence over porn. It is, by the way. Great fucking acting. Great fucking everything. RoboCop, fuck it. You know what? It's fucking RoboCop. Just fucking watch it. Sometimes you describe something and you think it's awesome and people don't get you. Just fucking watch RoboCop, all right? There it is. Number two. I don't need to say anything, but I think if I press this button. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. For the second time in my life, I'm guilty of committing a crime. Parole violation. Of course, I doubt they'll toss up any roadblocks for that. Not for an old crook like me. Fort Hancock, Texas, please. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. I really don't even think I should have to mention what movie that's from, but uh, just in case, the ending of Shawshank Redemption is probably everyone's number one. And I would agree with that to a certain level. Um, Shawshank is definitely one of the best movies ever made. It is fantastic. It's flawless. If anyone doesn't give it 100%, I I don't know what to say to you. It's a fucking perfect movie. There's not one scene in that movie that isn't perfect. It's great. Um I mean maybe you can argue that it's not factually, you know, cuz it's kind of based on a real thing. Whatever. This is another example why Stephen King sucks at writing fucking movies uh, or sorry, uh writing books, but his books become pretty good movies. Yeah, this is one of them. Shawshank Redemption is a great fucking three-hour film that is based off of a short story. And um, Stephen King sucks, and in, in this movie's great. That's all I have to say. Um, what could top that? I don't know if you guys played the drinking game at home. Maybe this is your first episode and you don't know. But there is a movie with its ending 
is worth watching, and it's long as fuck. Number one. Dune. All right. The ending of this movie is after a climatic battle with giant fucking worms, explosions, a bunch of people using their voice as weapons of mass destruction, encroaching on an emperor that has a floating castle that lands on a planet known as Arrakis that has never seen water, that has a spice, which is a drug, and not only that, but it's also used for space travel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's not why this is the coolest ending of the movie. The ending of this movie has a knife fight by Paul McClane and Sting. Where Sting gets stabbed through the fucking throat. Let that sit. After this, sorry, Kyle McLean, I apologize. I'm just, just digging on the music right now. Let, hold on, real quick, listen to this music. Thanks, Eli. It's actually Kyle McLaughlin. My bad. Apologize. Let me apologize with some more great music. Is that so fucking sweet? Look. Listen. Yeah. Toto, baby. Toto did the music for this. Um, this is a rip version of a different, but it's the same note for note thing. But the reason why is I didn't want to get fucking pulled again. I probably will get pulled. It doesn't even matter. Um, but dude, Sting gets stabbed in the fucking neck by Colin McLaughlin. That is awesome. And then he says Chasa and his fucking rib cage explodes. And then you know what he does? He makes it rain on Arrakis or Arrakis, whatever you want to call it. He makes it fucking rain. It's never raining in Arrakis. This guy is Jesus, but he's better. He's a Quizza Sadrach. He's the one. It was supposed to be a woman, and it was supposed to be done by the Bene Gesserit wizards with the Harkonnens. But then uh, Jesse said, no, I will not have a daughter to, to fucking have with the Harkonnens. I refuse. I want a son with Duke. Leto Atreides and I yeah and fuck you and fuck your fucking church and fuck your shit and I don't want to be a Benton Jesuit sister anymore even though she does become one but that's for the Fremen and that's like a, a long conversation because she takes the water of life and everything else which is the bile from the newborn uh, worms of Iraqis and everything else and then Paul takes the water of life which no man's supposed to do because they try and fail no they try and die he fucking takes the water of life and he becomes like a fucking Jesus and everything. Okay, dude, again. It sounds lame when I say it. Watch the fucking movie. It's fucking awesome, especially for its costumes. If you like anything 1980s, especially 
good fashion, this movie kills it. It has the best costumes of any other movie I've ever seen in my life. Maybe that's why I like it better than the remake. The music is killer. The ending is better than any movie you've ever seen. Think about that. Dude, you have a fucking knife fight at the end. This is the knife party after well, right? And you get Sting getting stabbed in the neck. Fuck Sting. I would love to stab Sting in the neck. Watching him die on film is even cooler. And then saying Chasa and having his fucking ex- ribcage explode. I mean, dude, what more do you want in a fucking film? Then we hit the credits. And what do we see? We see ocean in this music. I don't even know if this episode is good or not. I had fun talking about it. I'm going to listen to it back and probably delete it. If it airs, it airs. Anyway, this episode was sponsored by Miss Possum 666. Um, she didn't pay me a dollar. So hopefully she likes it. I mean, it's free publicity. Hopefully she returns the favor. But yeah, shadow banning sucks. Never try to get rid of somebody because they're just trying to do something fun. Like, honestly, that's like the worst thing about humankind right now, especially with what we're going through, is censorship. I don't think... I don't think that we would actually be as cultured as we are if we... No, I know that for a fact. Um, all we are is is our art. You know, we, we're all going to die. All of us. We're all dead. We have a number. It's ticking down. The only thing we can do is leave stuff behind. Some people can do it with children. And I would say that's the weaker... I think the best thing you can do with art is leave behind a legacy. There is going to be a time in your in existence where you're not going to be remembered whatsoever. Hopefully you could do something that's artistic that will get remembered. At least keep you living a little bit longer. Remember, tombstones fade. Your epitaph will go away. Your children may not reproduce your name is going to be erased from history. I don't know my great-grandfather's name. Right? I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? I should be able to look that shit up, but I, I don't know his name. My grandfather never told me his name. Um, I don't know what he did for a living. I knew I, I heard he was a dentist in Brazil or some shit like that, but and I knew I had some family in the gold rush, but I, I don't know their names. But if you do something artistic, then then I'll know you, you know. Um, I know everyone I know. I, I won't shut up about Peter Steele. Uh, he's my favorite artist of all time. And anyone that's around me for 10 minutes will know that real quick. He didn't have any kids. I'm going to keep spouting his art for the rest of my life. I hope someone does the same for me. I mean, shit, I put out... A, three albums and I mean I didn't I ain't getting <laughs> very much royalties but I don't I don't care as long as I'm out there and and uh what this episode's really all about is just that if you like something spread the word that's it um it doesn't have to be monetary money does not 
need to be exchanged. If you actually like something, just support it in any way you can, even a share or a like. But but don't don't be shitty about it, you know. Let's knock all this shit off about like if you like this, you can't like that. Stop doing the whole team things. If something's awesome, just like it. If something's not awesome, just ignore it. You don't have to you don't have to get on your keyboard and be a warrior about it. Unless it's me. I love hate mail. Go ahead and send it my way, man. Knifepartypod at yahoo.com. Fucking send that hate mail. It just it makes me feel awesome. Um, I'm talking out of my ass right now. Um, and I'm out of wine. So um uh, shit. From all of us from the Knife Party podcast, uh, bid you adieu. Um, I think I have some videotapes to return, so uh, be kind and rewind. Thank you.